we're still in the same scripture. God gave his only son. So let's read it together. I think it's up there. John 3, 16 and 17. Ready? For God so loved the world. Amen. Now I'm going to read Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, and I'll read that. We're going to talk about the shepherds' experience this morning. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Father, we thank you this morning. We pray that our story would be a story of amazement pray that our encounter with the living God create a story in us that would amaze others. Do that in us today. Continue the process. Start the process. Lord, let us be a walking story of your faithfulness on earth. Thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray and everyone said amen and amen. All right, be seated. The, um, the neat thing about the Christmas story is that uh, it caught humanity off guard. I don't know about you, but nobody, we talked about it last week, nobody was expecting a baby, uh, king of the Jews, to be born in a manger, to be born to some peasant, to a peasant family with really no stature. It really caught everyone off guard, including some shepherds that were just minding their own business, doing what shepherds do. They were in the fields at night, the Bible says, just doing their own thing. Now, mind you, we have to, oftentimes we superimpose our experience on the Bible experience. And that's a bad way to read the Bible. So the shepherds did not have flashlights or lanterns or things like that. They might have a fire, but there wasn't personal illumination devices around every corner that they were just lighting up the night sky with. And so an angel of the Lord dropping down in their midst brightening the day up, the night up, would have been a traumatic experience for them. By the way, did anybody follow the news this past week? Anybody follow the news this past week? All of you are like, no, we, we quit, quit reading the news like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Did anybody see the pictures of the SpaceX rocket that went into outer space? Anybody see those pictures? Okay. Do you realize all of California thought that we were being invaded by, by aliens? I read articles about that this week. The rocket looked like nothing else anybody had ever seen. It was an experimental 
uh, rocket set off by SpaceX, uh, which we, we've actually, on Wallops Island uh, over on the Eastern Shore, saw a SpaceX rocket take off one day, and I thought the second coming of the Lord was happening. And it's like, I thought, this is it, kids. Pray for your mother. It's, uh, it's Christmas Eve. I can't even stop then. No, they were all praying for me. Um, so what happens is, man, this rocket shot up across the night sky, and it was not like anything anybody had ever seen. And so panic went out until there was a press notice saying, hey, wait a second, it was a SpaceX rocket. Everybody chill out. Get out of your bunker. The apocalypse is not happening. Settle down a little bit. Like people ripping open MREs going, this is all we're going to have to eat now. Can you imagine being out in a dark field Take, doing what you normally do. You just showed up for work that night. You're just tending sheep. And an angel comes down in front of you. You find other occurrences of this happening in Scripture, and people will hit the ground in shock, fearful for their lives, face plant right in front of the angel going, please do not kill me. So the Bible says they were terrified. Not sure of why this angelic being was in front of them. Not sure what the outcome of this angelic being uh, in front of them was going to, to have on their lives. Terrified, the Bible calls it. So the angel says, chill out. I'm not here to destroy anybody, although I could. I'm not here to, to cause harm, but I've got good news for you. Today in Bethlehem, there's a great thing that's happened. And the angel explains to them what they should look for. And then a whole host of heavenly angels come. And, I mean, what a sight, really. What a sight that would have been. So they leave. The shepherds determined, we need to go see this thing that they talked about. So they go into Bethlehem. They find Mary and Joseph just like the angel told them they would. Now, I don't know about you, but there's probably more babies born that night. I don't know. In Bethlehem, it doesn't say that Jesus was the only baby born in Bethlehem. But he must have been the only baby born and put in a manger in Bethlehem that day. Because it says, going to Bethlehem, there'll be a baby lying in a manger wrapped in cloths. And so I'm thinking, it must not have been customary to stick your kid in a feeding trough right after they were born. So it was easy to pick it out. Shepherd guys going to Bethlehem, some crazy people will put a baby in a manger. That's the one you want to look for. So they go in and they find him in a manger wrapped in cloths. And they say, oh my goodness, what he told us was absolutely true. They have an encounter with the living God wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. What I want to talk to you today about is what happens after that encounter. I believe that each one of us can have a unique encounter with God. The shepherds had theirs. It was at night. It was with an angel. I don't know about you, but I don't have, never have, don't have is the wrong word to say. I've never had an encounter with an angel, except my wife. That was a good recovery, wasn't it? Except my wife. Except my wife. But they have this unique encounter with them. And it's unlike really other people's encounter with God in the 
Old Testament, New Testament. God didn't keep appearing as a baby to everybody. They found him that night as a baby. God has the infinite ability to encounter us every day in our personal space while we're at work, while we're doing what we're doing, while we're living our lives, while while we're raising our kids, while we're tending sheep, while we're doing whatever it is that we do. God has the infinite ability to step right down into our lives, into our mundane, everyday routines, and we can have an encounter with him. And I would like to think that their shepherds woke up that morning with nothing special in their minds. They just woke up, went out and did what they did. And all of a sudden, the God of all heaven touched them and said, hey, I'm doing something special today. And it's going to impact your life. And so what happens after they, after they meet Jesus, the baby in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes? There's something that happens... They go out from that place and they tell everybody what happened. Now, here's here's the thing. Everybody has a story here, right? Raise your hand if you have your own story. Some guys are like, I say whatever she tells me. Like, I don't really, not real unique. It's just, she feeds me information, spit it back out, everything's safe. The truth is you have your own story. It's unique to you. It's not like anybody else's story. Your story is as unique as your fingerprint on your hand. Nobody else has had the exact same story as you. There's people who have been in and out of your story, but they don't live the same story as you do. My story is comprised of growing up in this area. Uh, My dad used a belt for various different reasons. That's part of my story. I, I, I remember growing up and counting like my brother and I were about the same age. So I mean, we got the same amount of spankings. Somebody say amen. So I remember if my, my brother happened to go in the bedroom first, I'd count. One, two, three. Oh, sweet Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Deliver me. You said if I repent and pray, you'd hear from heaven, heal me right now before I have to take this beating. And I would count. And so that was my story. I don't know if your story's like that, but that was my story. My story is one uh, of being able to... Uh, I've experienced different things in different cultures. I don't know if that's your story. But what I found out about stories is, is that I begin to appreciate more the uniqueness of your story. Like, I, I like getting to know people. I like asking people questions. Um, I, like, I like finding out where you work and what you do and, and, and how you met and, and how you got here and, and why you're in Hedgesville. And, and all the, I like finding all that stuff out. I had a conversation with God this morning. And, and, and he said, well, we have, a, we have a place up here at the Woods Reserve. I said, what do you do? And he said, well, this is what I do down the city. And I'm like, oh, man, how long have you been doing that? And I just love finding out people's stories. Because what you find out is everybody's story is really different. It's not the same. You're unique, and God has put you on a unique path towards him, and he's intersected your life in a unique way. And in this context of the shepherds, it was totally unique to them. Go, you'll find a baby in a manger. What? Who would put a baby in a manger? It's crazy. No, I'm telling you, go into into town, find a baby in a manger. This is a God thing. And so they go. And then they have a story. But can you imagine when they leave the baby in the manger, when they leave the baby Jesus, now they're going to go tell everybody. 
How would you twist that, by the way? Would you get your friends together, the shepherd friends, and look at them and go, hey, listen now, nobody's going to believe the angel. Nobody's going to believe the angel. Just cut that out. Nobody's, if nobody believes the angel, they're not going to believe a heavenly host. Not going to believe that either. Let's just tell them we went into Bethlehem to get a drink and somebody had a baby in a manger. Let's just tell them that. You see, when, when God encounters our lives in a little bit different way, it almost seems to make us go like, oh, wait a second, nobody's going to believe that. But the miraculous part of what the shepherds did is they just went and told their story. It doesn't say they added anything to it or took anything away. It just says they told their story. And when they told their encounter with God, it says everybody who heard it was what? Unimpressed. No, it says everybody who heard it was amazed. And they were like, are you kidding me? You saw angels and a heavenly host, and they were singing, and all this amazing stuff. You saw all that. Yeah, we saw all that, all of it. We saw all of it. And then we're in Bethlehem, and there's crazy people put a baby in the manger. We believe it's Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Here's what I've become confident about. That your story is your story. And I'm fine with that. Look at your neighbor and just take some stress off of them this morning and say, listen, your story is your story, and I'm fine with that. Go ahead, do it. Take some stress off of them this morning. Because here's what we do. Here's what we do. We're always comparing our story with everybody else's story, right? How does my story measure up to the neighbor across the street? How does my story measure up to the person sitting at the desk beside me? How does my story measure up to the person I work with? How does my story measure up to, my, to what my in-laws think about me? No. How does my story measure up? And we're always gauging whether the story of our encounter with God makes sense or not. And can I tell you that God did not come to earth to make sense? He came to earth to redeem all of mankind. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, which would have made sense. He sent his world that the whole world through him might be saved. And so angels in the middle of a dark field at night singing with a whole host of angels makes no sense whatsoever. But God gets to interrupt your life however he wants. Our response is not to be ashamed of the story. God, this is my story. It's not perfect. It's not right every time. There's still failure in it. There's still mistakes in it. There's still things that I do that don't honor you. But Lord, this is my encounter with you and this is my story. And all you've asked me to do is tell my story. That's it. But we get into this comparison game. Like, I I don't know. It's not as good as, you know, It's not as good as that person's story. It's not as good as that person's story. Here's what I find. That when we have real encounters with God, it's hard for us to keep our mouth shut about it. Watch this in scripture. In John chapter, John chapter one, there's a couple of disciples that run in, that, that meet Jesus. They have an encounter with him right away. In John chapter one, verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him. All Andrew was doing was saying, hey, listen, this is my story. I encountered, 
I encountered Jesus Christ from Nazareth, the one who we think is the Son of God. I encountered him. I got to go tell somebody. I just saw an angel in the middle of a field with a bunch of shepherds. I got to go tell somebody. He goes to Peter and he tells Peter, Peter, I think we found the one. I think we found the Messiah. John chapter 1, verse 44, we read it last week. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, Here's my experience, Nathaniel. I don't know anything else. This is just my experience. Here's my story. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Do you realize that, that in Jesus' life, he actually healed people and told them not to say anything? Now, there's, there's debates why he, why he told them not to say anything, but there was actually encounters that Jesus had with people where he physically healed them and said, hey, listen, could you please keep that quiet a little bit? And they're like, <laughs> Really? I mean, mom's going to be asking questions when I'm walking. <laughs> so Jesus would say, hey, don't, don't say anything. It's my story. I got to tell people. I was once blind and now I can see. How do I keep that quiet? Walk around with your eyes closed. <laughs> How do I keep it quiet? That, that my life is once this way, but now it's this way. I can't, I keep it, keep it quiet. So the natural response for us as people who have been impacted by the gospel is to let it come out. But what we've done in a modern culture is we, we put all these filters on it. You know what filters are, right? It's when you put enough parameters on something that you get the result you want. <laughs> And so what happens is we got to put filters on our story because my story about being redeemed might be a little bit different from yours and it's going to make everybody comfortable. And instead of being confident of the encounter we've had and how it's changed our lives, we want to, we want to change it so it fits everybody else. We want to, we want to work it in so, so everybody's okay with it. And the issue is I was once dead in my trespasses and sins, the Bible says, and now I'm not. And it was Jesus who did that. And that's my story. And I've got to tell it. I think we overcomplicated it a little bit. And what I want to tell you this morning is the shepherds were confident about what they had experienced. And they just went out and told that story. And you can be confident this morning about that your encounter with God, that it doesn't have to look like anyone else's, it doesn't have to fit into a box, it doesn't have to fit into a certain denomination, it doesn't have to fit into a certain parameter that somebody else has set up. It's just got to be your story that God has the infinite ability to encounter you where you are every day, day in and day out, and he can write your story. And it's yours, and it's unique. One of the things, anybody ever had mutual friends? Let me ask that question. Anybody ever had a mutual friend? Like you had a friend, and then the two of you knew another friend. Anybody ever? Okay. Cody, can you come up? I was looking for your brother, but I don't see him anymore. Cody and Corey, could you come up, Corey? Watch this, watch this. How you doing? You doing good? You did a good job there this morning. I, I didn't want you to... Corey, can you come over? <laughs> Cody has a little personal space issue. Uh, his brother did this morning. So it runs in the family. Corey obviously knows that I like personal space, standing away over there. So um, thanks, Corey, for that front of everybody makes me feel better i've known cody for a long time I've, I've actually known you since you were little little pretty little i've known cody a long time good friends best friends maybe not 
Probably not best friends. Heart. Pretty good friends. So everything's cool this way. But I also have a friend, Corey, Corey here, who's a good guy. Corey's a great guy. Young man, I've not known you as long. So hopefully you weren't bad before I knew you, but you're good now. Um, so Corey's a great guy. And, and I have a great relationship with Corey. This is where it gets weird. All right, watch this. This is where it gets weird. And, and just raise your hand if you've had this happen. One day, I introduced Corey to Cody. Anybody ever done that? Yeah, you have, you, you have a friend, and then you have a friend, and then you introduce the two together. The issue is, the expectation is, they're going to be friends through you. Right? Right? But here's what happens in reality. All of a sudden, the group text, you know, we're group texting like, yeah, man, let's hang out. All hang out together. We're all friends because of me. All friends because of me. Remember, I'm your friends because of me. I'm the one that started the group text. I'm the originator. I named it. The group, I named the group text. So all of a sudden, I get a group text one day, and I find out that Corey is going to hang out with Cody without me. You felt it coming too, didn't you? You felt it coming. You've experienced that, right? And all of a sudden, there's this knot in your stomach, and you realize, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't introduce the two of them so that they could hang out without me. I didn't introduce the two of them so that they could have a relationship without me. I introduced the two of them because, because I wanted to be with the two of them. Not so they could go outside of me and start a friendship that I'm not involved in. Some of you are like, oh my, oh my goodness, he's reading our text messages. I'm not... So watch this. Here's what happens. Remember, everybody's got their unique story. And here's where we trip it up. I introduce, I introduce Corey to God. You're just filling in. I'm not saying you're God. I introduce Corey to God, but I introduce him through me. And then when Corey has his personal relationship with God that looks different from mine, I get freaked out about it. I get uncomfortable because, because God's experience with Corey is different from mine. And now he's got direct, direct access without me. Can I just tell you, this is what the whole turmoil in the New Testament was about. There were religious leaders that went, this is the way you have to do it. God can't go outside of these boundaries. And then boom, God sent his one and only son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the religious leaders went, God, you can't do this outside of us. You got to go through the normal channels. And God said, I don't have to do anything. I'm sending Jesus. And through Jesus, you've got direct access. So now Cody can talk to Cor. Corey can talk to Cody without Chris. And what happens is we get freaked out about it. We go, wait a second. I'm the one to introduce the two of you. Your story's got to match mine. And then we complicate things because we cut rules and restrictions. And, 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 and you can't talk to him without texting me first and let me know and give him permission. And, and I'll say it's okay when you can talk to him. And, all this. and it just gets all tangled up. And, and what I want to say to you this morning is you can introduce people to Jesus. They can have a unique experience with Jesus that's totally different from yours. He came to redeem us, not to make us all the same. The thing we have in common as Christians is this. 
is that we're all redeemed. The way that experience looks is all different. So he shows up to shepherds with angels and tells them to go look at the, the, the son of God born in a manger and he shows up to your job in a whisper. He shows up to your family in the middle of an argument. He shows up, he shows up to your, to your family in the middle of catastrophe. He shows up, he shows up to your relationship in the middle of hardship. He shows up, he shows up in your Christmas in the middle of need. And he does it in a unique way for all of us in the building. Thanks guys. Come on, give him a hand. So the shepherds have a unique experience. The wise men have a unique experience. The disciples have a unique experience. The apostles have a unique experience. And thousands of years later, we're still having this unique experience. I don't want to wrap it all up and make it try to look the same. The beautiful part about the Christmas story was that it was a unique experience for people. That God came down and met humanity in a way that he hadn't. And I believe that God is still coming down meeting humanity in the way that we need him to. He's meeting you in your need today. He's meeting you in your crisis tomorrow. He's meeting you over and over and over again. And I want to I let you know that I'm the last person that wants you to look like everybody else. Because I know if your story is unique then you've got a story that will amaze people. You see, the shepherds didn't walk up to their friends and go, yeah, we were just doing our regular sheep thing and Billy over here had a good idea. That wasn't the story. It was an amazing story. It was an amazing story. And here's what I'm confident about you. Your story's amazing. And just like the shepherds on the night Jesus was born, We're blown away by what God had done. If you look at your story, you'll be blown away about what he has done. Don't push it down. Don't try to make it fit everyone else's. Be proud and confident of the fact that the God of all the universe has reached out his hand into your life. You specifically, the Bible says. And he's writing your story right now. He's writing your story every day of the week. I know it looks tough. I know sometimes it's not working out. But he's intimately involved writing it. And that gives me the confidence that I can go out and talk about it. Hey, it's not the prettiest thing I've ever heard. It's not the, it's not the, it's not, it's not line up with everybody else's, but it's my story. It's my story about God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that I believed on him one day. And he saved me. And I met and had an encounter with the God of all the universe. I know it doesn't sound like yours. I know it sounds unbelievable, but it's my story. And I'm going to tell it. So I don't have to go through anybody else. I don't have to make it match anybody else's story. I don't have to worry about if somebody else goes to God around me. It's my story with him, and it's your story with him. And today of all days, we're celebrating the birth of the Savior where God came to save us as individuals, as intimate relationship with each one of us. We have the opportunity today to say, God, thank you for that story. Thank you for the 
for the one you're writing in my life today. Thank you for how unique it is. Thank you for all the twists and turns. Thank you for the things I wasn't expecting. Thank you, God, for the way you worked and I didn't even see it. Thank you, God, for what you did in my life, writing my story. Goes through all of human history. God interacting with people and writing stories of his encounter with them. And here's the confidence that I have at this church is that if you will have an encounter with God and let him create your story, this gospel will go far and wide. Amen. That we'll be able to tell our stories as unique and individual as they are. And God will minister through those stories just like he did that night with the shepherds. Everyone they told were amazed. And I believe he's writing that amazing story in your life right now. Come on, could we stand together? The band's going to come up. I want to pray with you this morning. It's a unique opportunity we have. We can encounter God right here. It doesn't have to look the same, feel the same, sound the same. We can have an encounter with God right here at this moment. And all we have to do Just invite him into our lives. The Bible says that he's constantly pursuing us. That he's he's constantly making intercession for us. We're constantly on his mind. Today we have the opportunity. We can experience him. We can experience him the same manner. The fullness of God. Come to earth as our shepherds did that day but it's going to be in your way. God knows how to communicate to you this morning. God knows how to speak into your situation, the specific thing that you're dealing with right now. The God of all the universe that spoke to those shepherds can do the same thing with you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today, God. The idea, Lord, that fallen people, that sinners like me, can communicate with the perfect God is mind-blowing. Not only that we can communicate, but that you love us, that you care for us, that you're moving on our behalf, that you're orchestrating things for our good, Lord. I pray today that we'd encounter you. I pray that this weekend, Lord, that we'd know you more, that you'd reveal yourself to us in a deeper way, Lord, that God, we would we would have a story to tell from knowing you. And God, I ask today, Lord, there's somebody for the first time maybe who's never encountered you. Lord, I pray that they'd experience your grace and mercy and forgiveness right now. Lord, that as they open up their hearts to you, God, I pray that your peace, you'd wrap your arms around them this morning and they experience the fullness of God today. We thank you, God, that you're doing this in our midst. We thank you, God, that you're doing this in our lives. Give us confidence, Lord, of you moving in and through us. We thank you for it. And we will tell the story that you're writing for us, God. We'll tell it, Lord. And we pray that as we tell it, that all who hear it would be amazed. Write the story of our life. 
just like you did those shepherds, God, in our unique way. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, church, could you give him honor and praise this morning? He's worthy of it.